Welcome to So Far So Rare. I'm joined today by McBride. McBride, it's probably been like a year and a half or something. It's been a while. Yeah. Been a while, yeah. You were on before though, weren't you? I think I was, I I'm pretty sure I was. I think I was around about the start. Me and you did one years ago, like a way back, like FI yeah. days, but I'm sure I was on it around about the start when you were firing yeah. things off. Well, you're back and what a week. There has been a lot of stuff. Thankfully, we're recording this on Thursday evening. This is why we don't record these earlier in the week. Initially, yeah. I thought we'd be talking about the roadmap and the J-League and the double game week rule. But I just have written down here today's things. There are multiple things from today that need discussed. Yeah. Um, the new manager sales fees and listings. Um, and then there's something about Smurfs we're going to talk about. And... Then we're going to get into his story of the week. You're going to pump some goalkeepers for us or some players. A bit of so rare R&D looking at something you would add to the game. Um, and then we've got some questions from listeners and then we'll go on to the Cap Cup. So it's a, a jam-packed day. Let's get stuck right in. <laughs> I know, jeez, I know. We might be in trouble here. I've got to bang out a couple of really quick, silly things, right? Because I just want to get them off my wee sheet. First thing, do you see the Smurf thing? I seen it earlier, yeah. I, I didn't really know what the, the Smurf community was or whatever, but it just kind of looks like a sort of partnership, like just kind of getting their community and it's so rare or whatever, which I don't really have a problem with, to be honest. But yeah, yeah you, you know more about it than me, I think. Well, I think the, the thing with it is, is that like, I don't think it's bad. I don't, I don't think it really matters. You know, that kind of way. I think it's just a little tiny thing. It just kind of caught everyone off guard because it's funny. It's like, what on earth are so rare doing partnering with a Smurf thing? But I think yeah. ultimately, I got try to get a bit of clarification on it. And basically, because it said like soccer Smurfs holders get ready for some mind-blowing t- perks. VIP tickets for the best European games and leagues of the football season. Official jerseys and much more. And I kind of look at that and I go like, surely you keep all that for people who actually play so rare. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And I... Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they might be saying that and maybe they've been given like literally two VIP tickets and they'll have a couple of jerseys. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a large allocation. Try to kind of promote the, the stuff that Sora are working towards as well. Like, yeah. Because that's part of the roadmap on the so coins and the, all that sort of stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, but, I wouldn't read too much in there. No. Nah. But I think in return, what it means is that there's a little Smurf in that Smurf game or Smurf Society who wears a, he's the football Smurf, but the football has a so rare logo on it, and so does his T-shirt. So it's just a bit of exposure to that kind of DJ and NFT world, um, in return yeah. for a few tickets and a jersey or two with the looks of it. So Smurfs out out of the way. It was one that I didn't Thanks, expect Mark. to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Let's get another easy one out of the way. The J League is coming soon. It will return soon for its fourth consecutive season on So Rare. They're in the process of validating cards and anticipate launching in the coming weeks. That's from six days ago. Um, get ready for more J1 League magic. Anything on that? I mean, good I'm news. glad we... Yeah. That's good news, isn't it? Like, I, I think, like, obviously, with the K-League stuff and the, the problems with scoring and everything, I was kind of thinking, people thinking the Asian region was getting a bit hammered and obviously you've got MLS and everything over the summer but Asia is like one of those divisions people like to play over the summer you know that's why they they get involved so so yeah it's, it's good to get them back and obviously there would be a concern if people owned the cards and they were holding them like what's going to happen how are we going to have any prizes here like you need the, the new cards to um have the prizes for the divisions and stuff so so yeah I, I think it's good news it's back obviously after the uncertainty and you know you've got the game week rules and all that sort of stuff as well but yeah 
Yep, absolutely positive, and I'm glad we can kind of stop moaning about it because I felt like it was a few weeks there there was very little happening. So what we were talking about is like when J League and the K League uh, stuff. So now <laughs> it's kind of like I know a lot of the Asian players uh, won't be still satisfied with uh, certain elements of the game. Uh, the delays and scoring and opt and all the rest, but I think that's a positive thing. And another, I'm a, I'm gonna say it's positive. Um, I don't again think it fixes the issue, but the new double game week rule, we got an update on that, so it's finally in. We're basically best score counts now. It's not just the first score. I think that's a good thing as well. Like the the way I think about it is that if you get guy playing twice in a week, then you're losing a week's utility. So. Mm you get quite a good player or whatever and you want to use them in as many games as possible so now if if you've got two games then if there's crazy rotations or if something happens or whatever then you you've, you should have an interest in both the games and it's a nice way to do it like obviously there might be the other school of thought where they think now well you've got a guy say it's an international week and they've got two quite weak, weak games and you're getting the best out of two scores and that's going to be hard to beat but on the flip side, like there's going to be another game week somewhere else you would have thought where those guys can be played. So I think it's a nice way of just kind of giving a bit of utility back and covering all the games. Because if your guy hits a 50 or a 60, you're still getting interested in the second game, thinking, well, if he beats a 50 or a 60, it's going to improve my score, so it keeps engagement. So. Exactly. I think it's way better engagement, way better for utility. I just think it's better. I just wish it was there from the start, but it's here now. Um, yeah. And you know, with a lot of those... Sorry, it's just I think it's a step forward. So yeah. I think obviously when you start changing things, as we'll maybe talk about later, people will always like change, but yeah. um, that's a good one. And it's also I suppose for those Asian galleries with some of the um, with the the change of the deadline on the Friday to three pm, you know it, it throws a lot of double game weeks into the mix um, for the Asian players. Um, so that kind of adds an extra little bit there. There's not that loss of utility it's maybe not the same as having two separate game weeks and it fixes it but i think it is better so maybe it eases that blow a little bit yeah um right we've banged out the three quick things we get into the other stuff yeah. that isn't so quick <laughs> yeah so sure. there was the product roadmap update we'll do it first and then we'll do today's thing so it's been a busy start to the year for so rare in football we've got loads of new features and updates ahead as part of our goal to improve communication and roadmap clarity we're excited to share our product focus areas for the next few weeks and months ahead what you can expect in the coming weeks so this was one day ago <clears throat> launch the 2023 j league cards with enhanced designs wonderful share marketplace updates including plans for a secondary market fee we got it within yeah. the coming 24 <laughs> hours <laughs> commit to maintaining the e-threshold reward amounts and key parts of the gameplay experience only making changes during select time periods like transfer windows where we notify managers in advance with dates and details so that basically saying that if they're going to reduce or increase the the e-threshold going forward they do it on a transfer window <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i think in the market stability is really is good like obviously people like things like thresholds and the 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 super rare thresholds been really positive for super rares for example so like if you give a commitment and say right these will be here at least for the whole of the season then you can you can plan to that i know obviously there might be other reasons why they can't always commit to things because they're operating in all these different jurisdictions and you've had like the american games like nba and 
MLB where they've started without F. So obviously it's maybe been more of a challenge to bring them in. But yeah, I mean, I think like have, having a bit of stability and certainty and stuff would be good. One of the, the big problems recently, I think, is that things are changing all, all the time. So even if maybe they're positive, then you're having to sort of readjust it. So if you get all that like sorted out and then hopefully let things settle down, that would be good. But again, obviously we've got the, the secondary fee and changes to listing and holding and everything. Mm. So there's been a lot of changes. There have, and we'll get to them. They wanted to introduce a new double game week rule, which we've seen and talked about. Add mystery jersey items to the club shop. The in-game store where managers redeem cards for coins for rewards. Here's the latest club shop update. So that sounds like a mystery box, is what they're thinking. Because I did wonder before how they would do it. You know, because everyone's going to want the Real Madrid signed jersey. Everyone's going to want the yeah. Napoli signed jersey. I don't know, Liverpool, whatever. How yeah. are they going to do that? Is it going to be fastest finger first or a bidding type system? But I wonder, will they lump everything into mystery kits and you will get a bunch of random kits and some will be signed and some won't be? And Or is this just going to be like unsigned jerseys and they're going to do something else with the signed ones? I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, interesting. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, like, it, I suppose that if you go in for something like that and you just get something random, like maybe it's not as attractive. Like, obviously... There was something available. I would really want a Celtic shirt, or I might choose and say, really want a Nashville shirt because, like, I follow them with like, Annie and Zimmerman and everything. But um, I guess that also you might not have enough stuff to go around everybody as well. So you've got to price them accordingly. Otherwise, you just become an extended club shop. But it's it's an interesting partnership also with the clubs too in terms of like getting merchandise or stuff out there. You know, the, the real kind of high quality items you would imagine are going to be either hugely expensive or maybe reserved for tournaments to try and mm. generate interest in buying the cards but yeah we're we'll interested to see how they do that yeah yeah i don't really have much more to say i'm thinking like even like raffle type stuff where you can buy raffle tickets but then is that gambling but if it's free to play kind of in-game mm. currency i don't know yeah i'm interested to see what let's not talk about gambling <laughs> no no yeah. improve the social this is one that you'll really um enjoy improve social sharing functionality so managers can more easily share links to their so rare teams and friends on social media you've been getting a bit of heat about this apparently i can't take a screenshot on this <laughs> big man's got a big gallery but he takes his screenshots on an old one of the ones you used to wind it and then, you it's just, it, and then you get it off to the chemist to print out your photos and then you take a photo <laughs> with the Nokia 3410 and you... I know I well, when I'm when I'm doing my, my teams I prefer doing them like on the computer because when you're doing them on mobile and through mobile data and you're flicking through like maybe I'll sort of draft them and I'll say I want to move this guy to there or whatever but to flick through all of them like on your mobile is a bit uh-huh. more difficult I like doing them on my computer and obviously like, I might not always have access to Twitter on that, if that makes sense. So I might be like in work on my lunch break doing my um doing my teams and then I'd take a picture on my phone or whatever. So so yeah, um it's probably a specific problem to me as well because I've got like a gazillion teams going in every week. But But you see um, I think it's kinda of adding to it now. I think if you got all clean cut with these now it would take away. I think it's like your thing now. Uh, I think you just need to embrace it. Like how much of a mess can I make of it? There's one the other day and there's like the sun shining in what we just take a picture of this <laughs> But you you should lean into it. Like you should literally it's... like just stick a turd in the background of one of them or like take a photo <laughs> with like a potato and see how it comes out. Uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, um, sometimes I'm just kind of showing people as well like um 
like if I, if I really could be bothered, then I would make an effort. But yeah, some of the comments are kind of funny as well. So. Ah, you get a wee bit of a ripping, but it's good fun. All good-natured banter, eh? Look at this. That's it. So, the next thing on that roadmap is to enhance the manager assistant feature with the educational tasks to facilitate gameplay education and progression. Wonderful. What can you expect over the next three months? Outline plans to introduce card bonuses in capped modes ahead of next season. What yeah. are you saying? That's quite interesting because obviously there's a lot of people that maybe focus on those th- divisions. So when it came out, I thought, well, it's good to have modes where you, you, you don't need like the high bonus levels as well because like people who are on a budget and trying to hit the F threshold maybe will buy an older card and the older cards can be cheaper because there's no 5% season bonus and stuff. I think a lot of people kind of took offence to that as well and said, well, we're training our cards up or whatever, then we want some benefit from the XP. Mm. I guess the problem when you're running a cap level is, sorry, I wanted a 240 cap and then you've got to beat it. But then you throw in XP, then it's harder to control the cap as well. So like you're kind of getting penalised if your cards get a higher XP XP and that's included in the cap. So It shouldn't be included in the cap. I, sorry, I'm no. buttoning on you there. I don't think, the, no, whatever way they do no. that, the, the XP, the bonus is your bonus. That's your bonus for holding the card and for, you know what I mean? Like, I have yeah. cards that are pretty high XP and like, I'd love to be able to get a wee bonus in the cap modes on them and that's my edge, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but, but I think to say I really wanted to like analyze it to see how many people were able to beat it and obviously if you've got like one of the same card mm. but the the XP levels are all different, then they're all scoring different points. So I guess they maybe just wanted to control it. But that could be a positive, obviously, if they if they bring it back in and say, right, we're going to reintroduce that, and then it links into like the soul coin stuff where now you can boost your cards. So I was about to say that to the lineups. So what if it's yeah. just not even the boost or like the? It's nothing to do with card bonuses that we know maybe you buy a card bonus for the week on your team or a card bonus for the player or you yeah. buy a bonus for four thousand coins two thousand coins one whatever the fuck it is that means you can captain a player in capped for the week or something you know yeah. um something is engaging like i don't i mean i've always like in the past been quite like successful in sorry omega but i've, I've always also said that i don't like this stuff where you're buggering about with the stats by selecting boots and um you know um, shirts and all that sort of stuff so if it's like a way that you can create engagement by people saving up their coins and and using them for something that's useful to them then that sounds good so yeah share more regarding their plans for a new fit wallet system wonderful that's a huge one like yeah. i think like that's really one of the, the big things we need to get to go more mainstream it's like 100%. Like, I don't know about you, but how many times you said to people, like, oh, has this brilliant football game and stuff, and they're like, oh, crypto, and that's a scam. I'm not interested in that. And, mm. or, or, you know, people who are more traditional and my money needs to be in the bank or I like a £20 note, that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. So, like, if you could get it to the point where people don't have to be exposed to the volatility AF and they can just say, well, if I've got 50 quid there, I'll just hold that in um, pounds or dollars or whatever. And then I would just convert it when I'm buying a card. Like that, that will encourage people to put some money in, and if they can get their money out quickly, because it doesn't it sounds like if you get your money out quickly, that that would cause the opposite effect. But people won't want to put money in if they can't get it back out, will they? Mm-hmm. So, like you know, I think that that's a, a huge step if they can nail something like that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I just think there's 
hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands anyway, but definitely, definitely tens of thousands, probably maybe hundreds of thousands of people who've signed up, been a little bit like, ooh, this looks good. And then been like, oh, but how do I get, ugh, wallet? Nah, I'm out. Yeah. Or uh, you want me to verify myself on this ramp thing using my ID? Nah, nah, can't be ours. Scrap that. I mean, it's very easy to turn someone away. So I think just making that, I think that's priority one. Expand yeah. the club shop so it becomes a key part of a manager's so rare journey by offering real life items like jerseys, tickets, and once lifetime experiences. With that's we know that. Improve marketplace tools to help managers more easily identify and add optimal digital cards to their lineups. So it looks like they're going to be like suggesting to an extent. Launch a yeah. new feature, but but in any but in at any stage. By the way, if you want to say yeah, anything no on these things. Launch a new feature that celebrates and rewards managers for building collections around their favorite leagues, clubs, and players. Yeah, that's quite a good one, I think. Like, because yeah. obviously people have been doing all their building stuff for the World Cup and everything as well. So, like, yeah. even if it you just got some so coins or whatever to add to your balance by completing a collection, or you had like um, you know sort of challenges per club to to buy like all the players. From current season or whatever, like people would really like, love that, you know. So obviously, mm. I the Celtic players and stuff, but sometimes I like to get the sharp numbers, or sometimes I just like to have one of each in the collection if we won the championship that season or whatever, you know. So if, <laughs> but anyway, like yeah, that would be a good thing. I think if if you could encourage people to um, build and collect and promote more of the collectible side rather than just the yeah. gameplay. One hundred percent. I think that's something people got excited with over the World Cup initially when those albums came out. There was a wee bit of yeah. hullabaloo and everyone kind of had a bit of fun and then it just really didn't matter much. And I have hundreds of those cards, by the way, that people sent me in a stream before Christmas and I need to give them away and I have no idea how to give away 300 cards. <laughs> that, honestly, like I'm just like, I don't even know what to do. Oh, I here's a... It may be useful if, if Sora launched something like that and somebody needs it to complete their collection, then it might be yeah. useful. So. I just feel like I kind of duped people because people started doing it for the laugh and then I accepted them all without thinking of the repercussions of having to give away that many cards. Do that way. And now uh, I'm like, mate, that's a full day's work. <laughs> but anyway, they're not going anywhere, guys. If anyone was there and seen that, they'll be giving away at some date. Like, I'm not profiting off these. I just don't really know yeah. what to do with them. Um, then some other bit about enhancing onboarding experience is wonderful. A load of corporate kind of wording. And then they actually give out the, 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 the podcast, the shout out, to learn more why we're prioritizing the above, listen to the recent John Nellis Sofer So Rare podcast. <laughs> no space there, bastards. John Nellis Sofer So Rare podcast. Uh, <laughs> so I'd link to the YouTube, which is good. So fair play. Thanks, lads. Um, and yeah, no, so that's great. I yeah, like I thought that. it was, I did listen into that. And um, yeah, I thought it was thought it was good. It was nice to see, hear from the team. Um, sometimes people obviously are mentioning communication and stuff. And it's kind of good to know that. The, the, the kind of challenges that face in the background and um, what, what sort of are working on or where they, they see it going or even just an acknowledgement that like, you know, the development of the actual site maybe wasn't as quick as the user base um, was growing as well because that's maybe been one of the problems. But yeah, I, th I thought it was good and there was loads of like good honest answers. It wasn't like yeah. avoiding questions or cliches or any of that rubbish. It was just like giving good honest answers and I thought that came across well. Yeah, no, I think they, they did very well. Because like, obviously, you know, they had to like, basically they put out a post, they looked at everything people thought, and I looked at it as well and said about the things we need to address. They didn't actually bounce back anything. I expected them to be like, oh, we can't talk about that, or no, don't ask us this. 
but they were like yeah. no it's all fair game and then whenever it came to the podcast i was expecting them to go and talk and then they they wanted to review it legally they had to review it before it could be put out you know and that's only fair you, you couldn't ask any employee who's in in any company in any sort of middle management role to like you know put their career on the line or get an absolute yeah. pelican off big nick do you know what i mean obviously they're going to want to review it <laughs> exactly like why would no one would ever say okay to that why would they why would you risk yourself um yeah. but whenever the review there was only like two things that needed to go out one was like tapping of a keyboard and the other one was like it wasn't anything that was like controversial it might have only been one it might have been the tapping of a keyboard or there might have been a part where i asked something wrong or i can't i honestly can't remember but i remember like i expected them to come back and say oh we need like eight things taken out and it was like yeah. nothings but anyway yeah no i was just happy with the transparency i think it's it's um very positive but yeah. now onto the stuff onto the big stuff today's stuff April the 20th, so rare football marketplace updates, manager sales fees and listings. I'll not read through all this, in a nutshell. Coming, this, this change is going to go into the effect in the week, May the 1st, so like two, less than two weeks away. Um, Monday week, isn't it? Yeah. 5% fee on sales. So if you sell a card for 100 quid, you're going to get 95 yeah. If you sell a card for a grand, you're going to get 950. 10 grand, nine and a half grand. What do you think about that, right? I'll give you one thing first. I've, I've honestly said for about a year and a half on this podcast, sporadically every few weeks, secondary market fees are coming. Don't throw the toys out of the pram when it happens. They're coming. They were there in basketball. It was a whole big thing, whatever, eight months ago, whenever baseball launched, or maybe it was less than that, six months ago. We all knew it was coming. It's here. The question I want to ask you, McBride, is is 5% too much as a blanket percentage? Or is it right? Should it be tiered? What are your what are your, what's your gut feeling on it? The timing yeah. of it? What do you think of the timing? I don't think it's great timing. I mean, we're we're towards the end of the season and the bulk of the the sort of like interest levels in the sites probably European focused, like so the big five leagues and everything now, and all, a lot of the um, high value cards or most of the high value cards on Europe. So I, I don't know about the timing being the end of the season. Like I think people take that as five percent coming out of the liquidity and obviously the market's not moving so fast just now. So I don't know if it's that good for sentiment. Um I don't think anybody should be surprised it's come in. I was expecting it to come in at some point. I thought maybe they would bring it in round about the start of next season mm, where you can see more natural demand. Like so it doesn't have as much of an effect on things. Um, I th think maybe they could explain that a bit better. Maybe if they come out and said, well, we're bringing this fee in, but we're going to be continue to be as realistic as possible with mint rates, then people would have taken that on board. But we don't know overall what their plans are. So, okay. Um, on the, the actual 5%, um, yeah, I mean, if you sell a really high-value card, then all of a sudden... You're you're selling a card for ten thousand dollars, and you're that's a real fortunate position to be in. But you're paying five hundred dollars for selling a card, so I don't know if that really kind of seems right to me. But obviously, I think like other NFT marketplaces, the fees around about two and a half percent, something like that. So five percent going from zero seems quite a big jump. But the biggest mistake I think is probably not bringing these fees in like at the point where people were paying like eight hundred euros for tony cruz limited and all that sort of stuff like 
she probably should have come in at that point and then like people would just have been used to it. But I, I, I wonder whether they just want to dump everything, just make all the changes just now and then start next season with a clean slate and like get the fiat mm. wallet in, get the market and ramped up, move towards that kind of goal of, right, well, people come in now, they're going to be used to it. But obviously the problem is the effect it's having on the, the existing users and a lot of people seem to be a bit upset about it um, in conjunction with the, the rules and listing during the game mm. weeks. So. I think my thoughts, if I was to kind of follow what you've said and address the different bits, timing-wise, I don't think it's any coincidence they're doing it now. The, the season's coming to an end. That's when there's traditionally an end-of-season sell-off. And who gets commission when people are going to be selling off cards now? Yeah. Maybe it'll deter some selling, deter people from selling. Maybe a small percentage of people will just decide to hold till next season. They can't be ours flipping in and out. Um, yeah. But yeah, the timing is a little bit, not sus, it's just kind of like, I think the start of the new season would have been a really natural, obvious, yeah, we'll accept that. I think now, then but, what, sentiment's been bad for a while. You know, you could be waiting. It's it's almost like trying to break up with someone with someone you've been with for a long time. You know, I was in this situation. You know, whenever we've all been in relationships where it's like, ah, but it's their birthday. Ah, but it's Christmas. Ah, but we've a wedding to go to. Ah, but it's Valentine's Day. Ah, but it's our anniversary. And you keep putting it off, and putting it off, and putting it off. And putting it off. <laughs> they needed to bring it in at some stage. Do you think that? So there's that side of the timing, but equally, it is the end of the season. It's when people traditionally sell. The other side of it is. Um, like five percent for me. Whenever you're talking about fifty cent cards, a tenner card, fifty quid card, it is all relative. Like, but I feel like it it should be tiered. Like it it should be kind of like five percent between X and Y, three percent between this and this, one percent anything over it, that, and then people will yeah. go, well, why are wheels paying less percentage? It's just kind of like anything. If someone's putting in thousands and thousands of liquidity, even like a Pavel, you know. I do feel a wee bit for Pavel to an extent. The amount of liquidity he's adding to a market and his whole bottom line's just been smacked with a five percent killer. I don't. You don't. But, do you not? No. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily I, feel for Pavel personally. By the way, what I'm saying yeah. is, I think what it does is, is it deters like liquidity providers and yeah. like market makers. I think I don't think it's good for that. I mean, the market's a liquid anyway. I mean, it's, not, it's, not good, it's not good for me because I've got lots of cards and now I know that when I sell them I'm going to get 5% less so it's probably not good for me overall either um, on the tiered thing I agree like you don't even like what, what you could do is you could just like, make it like yeah the first X amount of the card is charged at that percentage and then it, then it goes down and the thing is if, if people are buying and selling say $10,000 cards and they're paying um 2.5%, that's still $250 a card. So that those people are still going to pay way more in commission to the site than than yeah. somebody who's buying and selling cards at $5. So I think that that would be fair. Maybe Sorrel will take that feedback on board. I, I don't know. I mean, like obviously as a percentage of all the sales in the secondary, there are a lot of card swaps as well. So I suppose what you got to factor in is that people will, will often swap cards and there's not much, much F involved. So like... Um, it might not generate as much as what people think. So obviously, Sora are doing this to make it sustainable and to hopefully um, remain realistic about what they can sell in volumes and stuff. The problem just now is I'm sure they're not able to sell as many of each of the cards as they would. They ultimately would 
would like um, because we've got so many top leagues on or so many leagues that, you know, there's an overall problem with demand um, based on sentiment and everything. So, so yeah, but, I mean, as time goes on, it gets worse because there's more and more and more and more older cards. So for me, it was always coming at some point. But they maybe left it too late, actually. Like, obviously, maybe at this point, it, it could have been better timing. But overall, in the in terms of the site, maybe if, if it was in from a couple of years ago, people would just be used to it. Just be yeah, that. but in a, in a year from now, everyone will be used to it. In six months from now, everyone will be used to it. Do you know what I mean? Be used to it in the first of May because I'm yeah. <laughs> 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 if we hear whether you like it or not. Will we see some creative kind of trading? You know, let's say, for example, you are a whale and recently did in a Holland exchange hands or something for like 75 8 or something. How much does it cost to export a card they're yours to take it off site onto OpenSea? send it over via OpenSea or whatever, somewhere with a lower commission, and then re-import it back. Can you do that? Yeah. I think you can mint it out with the site, but I don't know how then you you, you sell that out with the site and then get it back in. I've never really done that myself, mm. to be honest. So or, you know, sorry. I could encourage people to just say, well, like, I'm going to send you X amount directly, but then you get the, the old issue with, what happens if this guy's a scammer and he doesn't send yeah. it to me? Or, you know, can I really trust this guy? I've never met in my life that's messaged me saying that he's mm. going to send me the rest of this. So, so I, I, I personally, I wouldn't get involved in that type of stuff. And I, I don't like, oh, sorry, I kind of make that a violation of the, the terms and conditions as well. But it'd be hard to police that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot of card swaps. So, like, from Pavel's point of view, a lot of the times he's exchanging cards for other cards at a big percentage that's probably where he makes most of his money so that's still going to happen because there's no tax on the card if you don't actually exchange any efforts yeah when i say i feel for pavel what i mean is like i feel for anyone in the position where they're like i feel for everyone involved there's people who get a lot of joy out of I remember my early days in the platform, I was so liquid and I was always moving things and changing strategies and jumping from this player to that player and I'll give you two thirds of this player and I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Really trying to chop things up and negotiate. And I know that's where a lot of people are. I'm not there at the minute. I'm very static with it, to be quite honest. But I think like just that 5%, well, it was always common. I feel like the people who trade all the time, it's obviously going to hurt more. To me, actually, it really doesn't matter, McBride. I'm, I'm I'm not selling a lot at the minute. So, like, to me, yeah. right now, it doesn't matter. Obviously, inevitably, if I ever want to sell up, it's, I'm getting 5% less, as you mentioned. But, like, it's a bit of a kicker for everyone who trades really, really hard. I know I'm kind of really stating the obvious here, but... I think you can beat 5%, though. Like, I mean, I think, like, anything more than that... Well, sure, Pavel's getting 140%. You're right now, he's only getting 135 uh, Yeah, he's, like, getting 100 or, Yeah, and that's based sometimes on what he values players at, which, you know, well, we're not going to get into that. But, uh, I mean... Like, yeah, I think you can still beat that. I mean, also, if you look at, like, the fixed places, the F-thresholds, having them across all the, sca- the scarcities, the increase in the super rare threshold, mm. if you look at all those things, sorry, I'm probably paying out as much or if not more F than they've, they've ever paid out. So, like, I, I don't really, I don't begrudge them, like, taking a, a fee for that. And there must be some costs associated in the background for... for the different layers for moving them and stuff as well. So I know that right at the start of the site to move a card from somebody to somebody else was costing huge gas fees. So the secondary market was costing them a lot of money. 
Mm. Um, obviously, they, they managed to find a solution to that, but there must still be associated um, costs with people trading cards and them having to move from one person to another. So I think it, it's only sensible that, that that's not running at a loss itself. Also, if you sell a really valuable card, you, you can map that out and obviously somebody might buy the Halland unique and just never sell it but you know that if it does move or if it's sold you'll make some money from that and also you know that if if everybody takes a flaky and starts selling their gallery to Superus Manny or Katozi or, or Pavel and they get 65% and they get 100F that you're taxing 5% of that and you're getting some money back in some way so mm. I, I don't know I mean like it was always coming in so I, I personally I, I don't have a big problem with it I was expecting it coming the, the game week rule where you can you can't like list during the game week or whatever. That seems to be offending people quite a lot. So yeah. that'll be more interesting one. Um, we talk about it now. So what you've alluded yeah. to there is beginning on Tuesday, April twenty fifth. Uh, so five days from now, they're introducing a new <laughs> list or play rule. Like pretty snappy. They're they're introducing this. Uh, Currently, managers can score points in a live game week with a player card that they've sold to another manager. We be- think this is them trying to make it as if this is why they've done it. We believe adding another layer to the card listing process will provide enhanced strategy, specifically which player which player card should you sell and when's the best time to do so. Yeah, we all wanted that dilemma. Thanks for it. Thanks for giving us that enhanced strategy. So basically, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know or knows or is new, you could always submit your lineups post deadline. You could sell any cards you wanted, and the lineups ran. You know they were yours until the game week closed. They weren't in your gallery, but your your lineups were valid. That's not the case now. So I'll just read this quickly, and then we can go for it. What is the new list to play or play rule? Starting on April twenty fifth, managers who include a card in so rare football uh, in a lineup will not be able to simultaneously list it on the manager sales marketplace for sale or include in a trade offer. So you can't list and play cards at the same time. This only applies to managers who initiate sales or trades, not those who receive offers. If or when they accept... Fuck, I'm reading this terribly, aren't I? Let me try it again. (laughs) This only applies to managers who initiate sales or trades, not those who receive offers, if or when they accept them. Once a sale or trade transaction is complete, any live lineups featuring that card or cards are invalidated and the entire lineup won't be eligible for scoring points that game week. There's a couple of examples, blah, blah, blah. In a nutshell, McBride, if you've got a card in an active lineup and you sell that card, the lineup is dead. Yeah. If you have a card in a lineup and someone offers you money for that card, you're okay, but if you accept it, it's dead. Yeah, I think I, I, I misread that initially. I thought that if somebody made you an offer, you could still sell it, but I think you're right. I think it's dead as well. So I think what they're saying is that if you want to use your cards and use them in the game week, you can sell them during the game week. So that's good. That's going to do a couple of things. So, firstly, you, sometimes cards sell based on performance, right? So you see like somebody's like come up with a hat trick or whatever, and a few people have bought them, or you see that somebody's. It's going to cause know, carnage. Sorry, the first week or two, that's going to cause fucking carnage, isn't it? Right. There's going to be so more. So it means that if you, you put a guy in a lineup and he smashed in a hundred, then you can't sell him until Tuesday. I think I think the the effect on that I don't know if Sora thought this through properly, is that the point we get to the end of the game week where they, 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 they give out all the rewards and people start listing their rewards because they, they don't want them, because some of them they don't want, you're also gonna have people listing their cards that they wanted to sell, but 
they couldn't sell during the game week. Um, I can't, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting one because there's kind of bits of that that I like. So, for example, it means that somebody can't just go and buy a card, enter in the game week and hope to sell it over that weekend. So it discourages like short-termism. So obviously, I don't want to, it sounds if like, against people who want to trade or want to take their shot or whatever, like, that's not what I mean, but it more encourages like ownership and, and encourages like um, holding a card. And the other thing as well is that all the cards who are in game weeks who have a chance at winning something won't be listed. So what effect is that going to have on the market or on the floor? Mm. So say you're Mr. 115% DM me in Discord for deal, you're that person. Well, you can, you're not playing in the game weeks to win Mbappes and stuff. You know, if you are, then the guy you've bought is is not on the market. So what Sorare are saying is, yeah, if you want to buy a guy and you want to sell him on, that's fine, but you're going to have to wait until we hand out the prizes first. So that's interesting. It's, it doesn't seem to have gone down well, to be honest. But I, I want to see what effect it has before we go through that. But I think that the, 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 the biggest thing might be that you might have more of a discrepancy between, like, Cards are unlisted over the weekend. Somebody wants to buy them. There's less listed. They can make an offer, but you can't accept it because you're in a game week. And then you get to Tuesday. And if the guy doesn't have, if he's not in a live game week as of Tuesday, if you're not using them again, you'll have a shorter period to try and sell. Then all of a sudden, everybody's all trying to sell at the same time. So that that could be that could be the negative where you've got like a rush on the market within those couple of days because if, if you've got a guy who's playing in Europe right you've got like a Bart Verbruggen who's playing at the weekend and he's one of the only midweek goalkeepers you're not even going to be able to list him on Tuesday if you list him on Tuesday he's getting our game on Thursday so guys are playing you're not going to be able to list them but if you've got a guy who you want to buy him for the weekend he doesn't have a game until the following weekend as of Tuesday when things are finalised you can list them from Tuesday to Friday but then on Friday you're going to have to unlist them again if you want to use them so it will create maybe a wee bit of a kind of bubble where if people, if someone's got a card and they want to sell it before the next game week or whatever, but other people are having to unlist, then you can put your card in there and maybe charge a bit more. So mm. I think there's interesting aspects to it, which I like, but what I don't like is that other people don't like it. And if other people don't like it, generally speaking, then that's not going to be good for the market. So, yeah, I agree. It's kind of one of those where because I don't list a lot of cards, I actually really don't list cards. It's really not going to affect me. But everyone seems yeah. very upset. And then I try and think, okay, well, how would I feel if I was more active? And it really does kill kind of that kind of buying and trying to flip into a weekend. And I just see in the first few weeks, and I know they're going to have all these warnings and little pop-ups and all the rest. But I'm telling you is that there's no way they do this flawlessly. And in two weeks' time, yeah. someone's going to have some guy who's banged in 100. They had him listed from Wednesday or from Thursday morning. He plays the Friday night game. They forgot to unlist him. 48 hours comes up. Or Can you list for longer now? Can you list for seven no, days? You can't. I think what's going to happen is that as soon as you, once you go in and put the player into the lineup, it will unlist them. Oh, okay. So you, well, that, that's so good you then. Go in, it'll, it'll, it'll say, that's fine. You want to play this oh, okay. week? You're off the market. Or uh, it should do that. Yeah, it, it will. It will. You're right. It has to do that. It has yeah. to do that. If it doesn't do that, because uh, I was thinking, like, that's just going to be carnage. Um, yeah, but then what I mean, if... there will be somebody as well that won't realize and the warning will come up and they'll just press accept anyway. But the, the, the suppose the way I see it as well is like, and I just want to give a gamble example where you, you put an accumulator 
you're getting a cash out from William Hill. You can't cash out and also win the bet. Once you cash out, you're taking the the money. And it's not the same thing, but like if you're in a live game week, obviously, and, and you decide to sell a player, then you're no longer in the live game week. And actually, intuitively, in the past, that was always the way I thought it would be because people would come to me and say, so yeah, I can sell my card just now, but... It, what effect does it have? Is like nothing because you just had to own it at the lock. Oh, that's magical. Go and sell it. So there'd be a lot of people who's thinking I shouldn't sell this card until after the game week. So that I think there's an intuitive part of that where mm. if you get people joining, they'll they'll think, okay, I can't sell that until the game week's finished, and they won't be bothered. But everybody else is used to being able to say, well, this guy scored a hat trick. I'm going to bang him up, and somebody's going to buy him. Let's. I'll give you a scenario. I'm sat in second place in All-Star Rare this coming weekend or whenever this is brought in. You're sitting in first place. Now, you're in first place. You're getting a star. I'm in second place. I'm getting a star. Your star is likely going to be worth a little bit more than mine. You're also pocketing $400 more than me. Yeah. What if I send you an offer for 300, 350 quid? I'm going to be making $400 if I finish first and you're, you know, I send you an offer for 350 quid on a Tuesday morning and say, and I offer you it for a card that's worth 100. And you go, he's offered me 3x the value of this guy. Absolutely. Bang, done. Line up null and void. And I'm now yeah. top and you're gone. And I've spent 300 quid to win 400 quid in a better card reward. And that'll work all the that way down. That sounds a good idea. <laughs> but, I mean, that'll work all the way down. You know, the difference between yeah. second and third, there's a 200 quid difference. Third and fourth, there's a 100 quid difference. Then you're a difference between a star and a rare. And I don't know, it just, like, it's almost like, I just can see that becoming a thing unless... I don't, I, 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 but I, don't, I, I, don't, I think that people don't like the, the live game week being affected, but I just don't see why somebody would sell somebody that that that's going to win them something, you know? Well, mind like, you, what if I have a lineup where four guys are duds and one shoots 100? I could go... Yeah, yeah, you can still list him. I'm not going to win on here, so maybe I should list him now because anyone who wants to buy him, there's none on the market. Yeah, so that's fine. But if you've got a lineup where you've got 100 and you've got two guys with 60 and you've got two to go, then you're not going to take that gamble, are you? Or you're going to mm. take that chance, so... Like it, it's just insane. Well, you you'll need to wait until the game week's finished, and then you'll sell them. So, and I'll be assuming it will come in at seven o'clock. So we've got a fixed end now. So it'll not be like they're going to say, yeah, we're closed at three o'clock or whatever. Well, they'll need to clarify that. Is it after three o'clock or is it after um seven o'clock? Because the game week like is continuous, and that the next one opens. So can you list after three p.m. or can you list after seven? Because you don't get your rewards until seven, and sometimes they're still buggering about getting scores in from K League and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, what what point does it cut off? So that will be like obviously people need to know that as well. It's probably better to cut it off at three o'clock because if you you cut it off at seven, then you've got people who have their rewards that that if they don't want them, they want to sell them, put them on the market, and everybody else that's decided they want to sell the guy because they only want them for one weekend. But again, I. I I don't mind the theory of like wanting people to actually buy cards to hold them for longer than a weekend, but I really do get why somebody who maybe needs somebody to fill in for that weekend wants to buy somebody with a view to selling them on because they're, they're a team short or something. Mm. Um, but again, is that good for the market? Like if you've got Mr. Trade 115%, he thinks he's going to buy a Man United team or whatever, he thinks he's going to sell them on, but also he wants to playing that game week as well, but he wants to sell it during that game week. Is that fair? Like that's where it all becomes mm. quite 
quite interesting because you know guys like Pavel and stuff. Pavel's won like Tadic super rares and all that sort of stuff. So you know, is it an attack on them or is it just a consequence of the change of the rules? I, I don't know. Sorry, I would have to on that one. Yeah. Um, well, look, I have nothing else to say on those points unless you do. No, I think we could be here all night, to be honest. So I think, yeah, like, just sorry, to... I need to take your feedback on board. And, and if it doesn't work, then obviously they'll need to make the appropriate changes. But I think people will have to actually see how it works now and, yeah. and go with the decision until anything changes. Yeah. Hopefully it all goes seamlessly on the site and there are little warnings and all are there and there aren't any fuck-ups because it's, right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's set up for a fail. <laughs> you're in danger, you know that. Like, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we have a few more bits to do. Some of the, We're just getting into the fun stuff, but to break up all this heavy chat, McBride, I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. It's a quick one this week. I was struggling today. I was thinking, what was the weirdest thing that happened this week to me? What was the craziest thing that happened? And this one isn't as good as the last ones, I don't think, but something a bit weird happened, right? So, people might know, I'm recently single. I went to Naples on Monday. Monday? Yeah, got in on Monday night at about 10 o'clock. Uh, I met that guy, Thogden, who there's mixed reviews on. I'll tell you in person, he's a nice kid, he's a nice guy, he's only 22, 23. But we were staying together, we all booked it up to go to the match, and we went for a pizza. Just down the corner, just round the corner. Sat down eating a pizza and there was a couple sat beside us. Now, they looked like a couple at the time. There was a man and a woman. You know, they're, you know when you see people and you're like, ah, they're definitely not together. They looked like they could have been together. You know that type of way? And we couldn't understand the menu, all Italian. And uh, they said, oh, they said, you want some help with the menu? Yeah, yeah, thanks a million. So they told us to order this spinachy sausage pizza and this other pizza, whatever. We got them in, great. All was wonderful. Paying the bill and they're chatting away. Chatty Anderson, why is here? Oh, the game. Oh, how'd you get tickets to the game? Da, da, da. Oh, da, da, blah, 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 blah. Thought nothing of it. Assumed there were a couple. Have a great night off. We went for a drink. Next day, Tinder. Super like inbound. Dora, the lady at the table, was after the big man. That's what was happening to McBride, right? And I was like, what the fuck is happening here? She was out with some guy last night, or out with her man, right? So, turns out, she wasn't with him at all. And it just so happened that of the millions of people in Naples, I popped up on her Tinder. And she went and she shot her shot. But obviously I left the next day and that's the end of the story. But what are the chances <laughs> that I'd match with the same girl on Tinder that I'd sat and had pizza and talked to the night before? She was probably the only woman I talked to in the previous 48 hours. That's not true, That's but you know what I mean. I thought you were going to come to the end of that and say that they thought that you and Thogden were a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell Don't you this much. <laughs> it's not the end of the story. This is a cliffhanger. Because I'm going back to Naples in a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. So this might not be the end of that story. Dora might be exploring. Uh, was she photogenic? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I'm the worst. No, but honestly... So when you're you're cutting this, are you going to put a picture up on so that everybody can see? <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, no, it was just a wild one. But, like, I just think it was a quiet week. I mean, obviously, it was pretty mad, some of the stuff when I went to Naples. I mean, going to the matches, obviously, probably the story. But, I mean, all that's kind of obvious. I'm trying to find a little quirky, weird shit. And that was just a you, bit Do you think that Tinder's got some sort of location thing where they're thinking, like, like they, they match you and they think like they've, they've managed to hack into your phone so that they know that you were in the same restaurant or something? Or well, they know. know. It's within, like, the lowest you can go is, like, a mile radius, but a mile in Naples probably has a million people in it, like a mile yeah. circumference, so, or 
It's whether if it's matchy because you were sitting inside them. But I don't know. Wonder. Like, um, yeah, that's you a weird one. Know. Weird one. Anyway, back to so rare. So what happened? Um, pump permission. But before we do that, <laughs> right? Okay, moving on. You're... <laughs> Pump permission is a, the next segment, and we're coming to it. But first, thanks to So Rare Data for bringing this podcast to you. They support the podcast. They sponsor the podcast. So go and use So Rare Data. Their lineup builder has just got better and better. And I, well, as soon as we're done this, McBride, I'm going to sit and build all my lineups. And I think I have a couple of clinkers this week. Um, their new suggested lineup tool is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, go and oh, give it a sorry, crack. So good. Like, I, honestly, during a weekend or whatever, when the games are on, spend more time on the, the Soria Day app than I do on Soria. Obviously, like, get quite a few lineups and stuff, but just getting the, the notifications through and all that stuff is, is really good. And, there's brilliant features on it like now. Obviously, with all the stuff in the app, you can go and you can scout guys and check the previous prices and the scores mm. and everything. It's just such a good tool. I mean, obviously, it's, it's just mental to think that for the first couple of years, we actually had it available and you could just go on and you could use it and stuff. I know you've got to pay for it now, but it's, I think it's brilliant. It's great yeah. value for money. Like, you just so many good things on it and they're always adding new stuff, which is, is great. So there we go. 100%. Because, I couldn't agree more. It's funny that... The amount of tools, the amount of iterations they've had in the past year, last six months, and like the fact that we got so much of that for free for so long. Um, uh, my favorite one, like, because obviously I'm always struggling, like, to check all the injury news. As you go into that, you go into your club, you go into your game statistics, you click on injuries, and it's pulled down the injuries for your players. So yeah. you can just flick through that, and you can see from the injury list who is supposedly injured for your players. So you can just go through that, and you can just fire through and say, ah. Oh, and then, like, some such and such. There was one the other day that I'm just flicking through it just now, and it said, um, subbed off injured, and I hadn't noticed it had been subbed off yeah. injured. So that's avoided me a DNP. So that's, that's like, features like that are, like, gold dust. But yeah. So good. No, massively, that, like, just going in and just flicking through, I just generally go to my gallery, injuries news, and flick through it. Um, and it just, you know, it, it's just a quick flag. It's such an easy flag. Like there's a couple or even as I flick through there, there's one that popped up that I didn't know was injured and now I know. I've went past them. Um I forget now, it doesn't matter. I can't be arsed doing it, I'm gonna waste everyone's time. But yeah. saying it used to be free. It can still be free, McBride, if you sign up using code John Nellis <laughs> or the link below. Hell, that's gonna look as if I've set that up for you. I know, I know. The point is it out. I didn't know you was gonna say that. <laughs> Buying into it. So uh yeah, use the link below. Code John Ellis, you get two weeks free at their start here and you can try everything and decide for yourself. They also do have a free membership if you really do want to just use it for free. Yeah, if you just want to use basic functions. Yeah, so. you will lose some features, but I'd highly recommend that you use it if you play so rare at all. Uh, pump permission. Time for pump permission where you've got permission to pump three players. Everyone take this with a pinch of salt. I've told you to try and be a little bit... You'll, you'll have a good goalkeeper, McBride. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, um, what's going on with Fabian de Kaiser? <laughs> do you know? Yeah. Um, Barkas was it ill I or think something? Barkas was sick or injured or something again. So, like, I, I'm still pretty hopeful on him because obviously, knowing Barkas from Celtic, he was rotten with Celtic. Maybe he was just unlucky, but he's on quite a like good contract. And I think Utrecht have admitted they can't really afford him. The other thing is, done quite well at Utrecht. So, like, there, there might be some interest. And I think Celtic would be quite happy to shift him on. I, I can't see how FDK isn't like in pole position to take that spot back because obviously there's been points where 
he's been injured himself, but they, they brought him in and they got rid of Paez, obviously, um, to bring him in. And he was uh, before that he was Dutch under twenty one goalie and stuff. Mm. So so yeah, I mean he he, he he might still be a bit raw, he's a few injury issues and stuff, but like I'm just hoping that Barcastle will go at the end of the season and he'll he'll take Step over. In. Me too. Yeah. Well, go for it. I'll give the, the floor to you. Give us an under twenty three yes. player, a bargain, and then anyone else. Yeah, I picked out three. So first one I picked out is Barsic. So he is English goalkeeper. Um, he's just signed recently, um, or in January with Bruges. So I, th- I think there's conflicting reports whether it's an option to buy or whether they paid for him. But this guy was playing for Stoke. Uh, he's played at Eng- England like youth level, like all different levels, and he signed. And when he signed, he was he was always on the bench. So. He's only recently just got cards as well, so he's pretty scarce at the moment. So the pros and cons of that are obviously the limited still going for a wee bit more than some of the backups are going for. But I actually bought his super rare recently, so Jeez, this guy, yeah. this guy's good. This guy's a good player. So and you, sometimes it's difficult with under twenty three goalkeepers because people just say things and like you, you can't find any evidence of how good they are. But this guy like has been playing for Stoke. He's won stuff with England at youth levels. Um, Bruges have paid money for him so he's either there to be the long term successor in Mignolet or if he goes there and he doesn't settle and Mignolet's playing next season they either might loan him out or he goes back to England or whatever but um, he's, he's my top um, I think he's he's a really good goalkeeper and it's a bit like Verbruggen like um, Verbruggen I think everybody thought that he might be a good goalkeeper and he's sort of sprung onto the scene and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it was a bit of a surprise, and now always all the eyes are on him. But I do do think Bursic is is good, and I say he was playing for Stoke in the Championship, so he was yeah. getting games and stuff like that. So it's not like one of these guys where you think are they ever going to play. So I've just bought one, and I'm just expecting he'll play at some point. If he plays next season, then that's brilliant. Um, but he's young, and I think he'll be good value over the course of if you're willing to hold him. Love it. I just wish there were more in the market. Yeah, well, he's just literally come out like last week or something. So you'll you'll tell from the fact that I've absolutely bust a gut and went in and bought the super rare straight away that I do rate him. So yeah, but yeah, he's limited price will go up now. If people are listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes people follow like who I buy is like young goalkeepers and stuff as well, which is is nice um, as well as a nice compliment. But yeah, I do rate this guy. Lovely. Who's next? Argon foremost Mendy. Uh, Amiens or Amion or whatever you call him so he's down to like 11 quid for a limited 131 for a rare it's a guy who wasn't really so much on my radar but I, I did manage to win him a couple of months ago and like he's pretty solid defender but sent some really good scores over January it was a kind of weird one because he was linked with like Reims and stuff and he missed a game around about the transfer window and then he came back in and then obviously the whole thing happened to the market and things were dropping down and stuff but yeah I mean he's He's a really good scorer. His average is like around about 60s. Um, so I think he's really good value for a limited or rare. And if he does move to Ream, like that would be a really good move. Like there, he'd been really good at the back. Obviously, something else could happen. He could end up like at an R club or whatever. But yeah, if he stays at Amien, then they are obviously playing plenty of games in League mm. 2 in France and stuff. And he's he's banging in like good scores pretty regularly. So yeah, I think he's a bargain. His AA is absolutely disgusting. In the last last year, he's averaged 29.3 AA. He's 11 quid for a limited. 
Like that's like just bonkers for me. Like I don't know how he's managed to get that low. Honestly, like if you look at his, if you look at him in games he starts right, he's only ever once scored less than a forty-seven. Yeah, and he scored nineteen. And he's a yeah, hundred in there, ninety-eight. Loads of sixty-plus scores. He's having a like he looks like a belter. Under twenty-three until twenty twenty-five. I love that yeah. call. That's a great limited pickup. Rare. I probably don't need him, so I probably won't buy him. But even still, like, looks great value for those scores. I mean, at the moment, for rare, if you play the the second division competitions, then obviously you use him in that as well. But like, I've actually used him quite a few times under twenty-threes. So the thing is, league two in France and stuff, or even some of the lower leagues in England, like championship, you sometimes get like these midweek games where these guys become one of the best options during the week. Yeah. So. I don't know where he's going to be next season. Like, yeah, obviously he's good and likelihood he, is he'll move on. But the most likely scenario is probably moved to a better club in, in France and Reim. Um, I would be quite happy with. Um, also goes there, can stack with Juve. But I don't want to hang my hat on that. He's just just a good player and mm. obviously he's not that expensive at the moment. So, and who's our last one? Matt O'Reilly, Celtic. Um, you told me I could just pump somebody. So, so yeah, Matt. I think Matt. He obviously. I went a bit daft and bought his unique earlier on in the year. So, but yeah, I mean, it was an interesting season. So, he, he plays as a attacking player um, mostly when he's playing. Depending on who else is playing, mostly takes set pieces as well for Celtic. Um, earlier on in the season, McGregor got injured and he had to drop back, so he was playing in a more defensive position. He never really any decisors for loads of games. But he, he did well in that position. His A was okay, but it didn't really suit him so much. Um, then we come back for the World Cup. Um, Moy was in pretty good form. There's a lot of rotation between him and Moy. Moy was really smashing it for a while, and people kind of regarded him as maybe he's lost his place. And now it's kind of flipped over. Like he's playing really well at the moment. Um, he's playing pretty much most of the games. I think he'll start again at the weekend. He's banged in a hundred. Um, and he, he puts in a bit of AA, but also he, he gets like goals and assists and stuff as well. So. He would be my big pump. Like limited down to under twenty quid, which I find completely bizarre for somebody of that age that's playing for Celtic, mm. like stacking and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, it might be a risk that somebody buys him in the summer because always rumours around Celtic players. But like, I think he's one of those guys. If he if he does go, I'd be hoping he stays for an hour, year or two or whatever at Celtic. But yeah, I mean, I love him. Obviously, Celtic fan. Like, I love him. I think he's a really good player, and I think he just went way, way, way too low in terms of actual price and stuff so you buy him and um, I think next season he'll play lots of games for Celtic as well yeah no he looked like his scores are obscene under 23 Celtic everything you've said there and I remember when I went over the uh, Celtic Rangers game recently Quinny was telling me to buy one and I put in a wee offer to and none got accepted and then he went and banged 100 but answer me this <laughs> very quickly why is the old firm not a thing anymore what's the reason behind the old firm not existing not a firm um because Rangers went dead. <laughs> oh, so, so is that the joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ra- Rangers, Rangers were liquidated. So when they were liquidated, they were moved down to third division. They came back, and I think the official club is now called the Rangers. Like so, obviously a running thing with Celtic and Rangers fans, where we talk about unbroken history and everything. Rangers fans just say we are the same club. It's the same history and everything. But Rangers went bust. So, like, from Celtic fans, it's always a sort of dig. You know, it's not the old firm anymore because it's not the same club and Rangers fans oh, are just... Okay. We've won all these trophies, isn't it? So, that's, that's the old firm. That's the one. I wonder, because I put out a Celtic video and I got a lot of... Wee, not a lot of... <laughs> a few, <laughs> wee, <laughs> comments, <laughs> a few wee comments were kind of like... Oh, 
Help do, you us. A, do you get a time travel machine while you're at it type of thing? <laughs> how'd you bring us how'd you bring someone to the old firm? You know, that type of vibe. I was wondering. But um so rare R and D, what feature would you add to the game? Yeah. Well, I started thinking about this and then all the stuff came out with the, the roadmap stuff or the, the stuff with the fees and everything. But like the first thing that just sprung to mind for me was just a kind of like like a proper VIP scheme. So I know that that's like uh like what we've already been talking about with the soul coins and stuff. But I used to play a lot like on like poker stars and stuff when I was younger and they had like a really dynamite VIP scheme. Um I think something like that would be quite good where you a VIP scheme I don't mean just like for VIP people at top level. I mean that some sort of engagement for people at all levels. Um how they do that, obviously I don't know, but it, it could be based on just like some sort of loyalty rewards for buying lots of auction and stuff like that as well, you know. Um, even if it's a small amount of this poker, obviously it would be described as rake back or whatever. Um, but yeah, something like that would be pretty good. And with VIP schemes, you can create engagement because you've, you've maybe got to do certain things to maintain your level. So say you play through Europe the whole season, you've got yourself to the second or third level of the VIP scheme. You think, oh, I can't really be arsed playing in the MLS or Asia. But if you don't play for two months or whatever, you're going to lose your VIP level, and then it just yeah. encourages you to keep playing. And then obviously at the top end side of things, it's been great to see like Pranksy coming in and um, coming into the community and like doing all the stuff with partnership, but then actually spending a lot of money and like buying super rares and uniques and investing in the game and all that sort of stuff. So if you've got quite a good VIP scheme, then it encourages people to play, and then other people will say, well. Uh, you know, but if you're playing at that level, you can afford that, and you're getting good returns. But like, it's pretty hard when you get up there. I mean, I've got a few uniques now, and like, I'm really fortunate. I'm glad I've got them and stuff. But you go in, you play in one of these divisions. You look at the teams, you're like, you know, it's like you enter the all-star unique, and you're like, oh, three uniques. You go in a team with five uniques, and the uniques that are worth thirty, forty thousand and stuff. And you just can't compete with those guys. So, so it's hard as well, you know. So if you get to that level, any any help you can get. Um, is good. So obviously there'll already be the stuff with so coins and the experiences and things, but an actual focus VIP scheme to keep people engaged would be would be really good. Yep, completely agree. Um, in the interest of time, I'll not come back on that, but um, I, I do think yep. it's it's something that's been mentioned before. Just the idea of, I think it's kind of what the coins could end. Not the coins could be it and the be all and end all, but obviously the bigger players will get the bigger coins, and therefore you'd like to think we'll get the bigger perks. But it does scale across the board. But it'd be interesting to see if they can add to that. Yeah, are people that are just committed to doing things like, like people who buy more cards or like bigger collections, but not necessarily bigger collections in terms of value. People who own more limited yeah. or whatever. But maybe that's where this kind of collecting your favorite club, your favorite nationality, your favorite whatever comes in. Maybe there'll be yeah, coins on the table all, for that. It's probably like in a self way of saying it. Probably don't call it a VIP scheme, but that's the, I think that's the direction mm. that we've got to develop. And and it's been quite cool, like actually like getting the soul coins in, seeing how much you've got, and seeing what you can do. Like I've leveled up a couple of sort of last last level rares that take forever, and so I'm just going to spend the coins and just take that level up. And then I've looked at other ones and thought, no, it's not quite worth doing it and obviously just now what kind of bank some to see what's coming later on so i find all that stuff quite interesting so if it gives people any engagement for it um, and our extra teams and hopefully that'll help overall so. so questions from listeners 
a lot of people like taking the piss out of you. First one up was simply Alex. How can someone be so good at so rare but so bad at sharing screenshots of their teams? Uh, you asked me why I bottled putting up the glorious picture of Sexy Sergi. That was Alex. Give out to Alex, the <laughs> guy who makes the thumbnail. I sent that photo. He sent it to him. Um, Quinny wants to know how many cards will you now buy mid game week to take competition off the leaderboard? Well, you said that earlier, yeah, so you should that... start buying cards to, to see yeah. this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting element. But, Where, um, did someone else say that? I don't, I don't know if it'll be a thing or not. Like, I don't know whether yeah. people think it's worth paying for, but I mean, I, there's been points in the past where people have like um, wanted to exchange cards and they say, like, I'll buy your higher XP card and I'll give you F plus the same card. So people are willing to do stuff like that. Then in theory, they might be willing to do other crazy stuff. But like, we'll see how that dynamic plays out, I think. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think here. Um, oh, Mark Simons wants to know, has your level of excitement for receiving and opening rewards changed over time? And what is your most memorable reward win to date? Yeah, um, definitely has changed a wee bit. Um, most memorable is definitely Messi. Mm. I remember the day I won Messi, so... I'd won the under-23s before, and there was the whole, you're going to get Mbappe, and I didn't and stuff. And then I won the All-Star Rare Pro. So it was on, like, a Friday, and, like, I was in work. So I couldn't go out with the, the full, like, celebration type thing. Um, and it was at the point where you didn't have a fixed time. So you're just waiting, you're just sweating, what am I going to win? <laughs> yeah. um, so it came up, and it came up on screen, and I was like, I'm going to be quite calm, but I'm just clicking through to try and see it. And then Messi came up, and instead of looking at it, I just clicked the next card. And I was like, oh, I've won Messi. So I didn't know what I'd do. So I, I honestly thought I was going to have a heart attack. But that's the point where Messi's worth like 12 grand or something, right? So I, honestly, I, kind of, I was like, come out, like out of the office. I phoned my wife. And she was like, hello. She was like, I've won Messi. She was like, what are you doing phoning me? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, unreal. I, that, was, that was a crazy day. And like, I just thought, I'll never forget that. Like it was unbelievable. Some feeling like amazing. Um, but and then the other part of the question, it does change a wee bit. Like, but obviously I'm really lucky because I'm I'm winning things all the time. But I still do get excitement. Like if you get high up in divisions and mm. stuff, like they're all really significant. But like sometimes, obviously, I'm winning quite a lot of cards, so the excitement's like not quite the same as maybe if you if you go a few weeks and you don't win anything or whatever. But but yeah, I, I do still find it exciting and like, the product's a lot better. And obviously prices have come down a wee bit now, so it's not quite the same prices and stuff. But it was like it was really good at the weekend, like just kind of pulled one out and managed to nearly win under 23 super hour, which was mad. Yeah. Uh, but I was like I was even sweating like the opta changes and all that type of stuff because first was like a tier one super and you could like jot and stuff in there and the tier twos were still good, but it was other players and stuff. So yeah, I find all that stuff still pretty pretty exciting. It's really good. I think if I was to try and put mine into like I don't even know if it's possible to do this, but if I was to try and like describe where my excitement comes, I think at limited it needs to be a star for me to be excited. At rare it needs to be a tier one or better. At super rare it needs to be like a tier two or better. And then any unique will do, not that I've ever won one. But you know what I mean? Because I wouldn't get excited for a tier three limited. Yeah. And I wouldn't get excited for a tier two or three rare anymore, really. Because yeah. you've opened enough of them when you've been on for a while. Yeah. And sometimes rare, I look like, at the pros and see who's in it. Like sometimes if there's yeah. a Celtic player in it or whatever, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. the pros are a wee bit more restricted now. But if you get down to like tier threes and fours, even with super rares, like you look at the list and it's like, whoa, it's a huge yeah. list. So. Like it's not like you're going to win one of five guys, but 
But yeah, I mean, like it's still one of my favourite parts, and obviously I'm really fortunate because I'm I'm winning regularly and stuff, and that's part of the the fun of the game. Like you know, doing that and uh, like I take my wee sort of video of it or like get it out or whatever. And I don't do that just to boast. I just really think like rewards day is like quite a cool thing. I like going oh, and yeah. looking what other people win or the day like Stish won like um, Donnarumma and he was a bit disappointed and they used Don- Donnarumma and then he's come out and he's won Mbappe and everybody's all buzzing about it and stuff and like I think that's that's really good. Yeah, really. no, it's still like, I mean, what I'm saying is like, I think reward day for me is the best part of the game. I love it. But, you know, in terms of that question, being brutally honest, like, do you still get excited? Like, you, used to be you, you, need, you get excited about the more premium things because whenever it used to be that you were scrapping for your first reward, it was different. And then whenever getting a reward was the goal, and then it's like, but I want to get a couple of rewards. Whenever you're submitting 15, 20, 25 lineups a week, you know, you really do want to be getting good rewards because you're going to churn out tier fours and fives every week. Yeah, we get more used to winning, which is. Yeah. is- lucky position but you never take that for granted as well because it isn't 100%. easy as well you know and like even when you're in all these limited lineups and stuff it is really competitive so, so it's still got to enjoy winning 100% 100% well look in terms of questions I don't think there's many more that jump out at me they're all kind of repetitive or taking the piss out of you time to play the cap <laughs> cup where you're going to pick three players for this yeah. weekend and see how much they can outscore their cap total by so you're looking for low cap players uh, who yeah. do picked Edgar Silva who cost him 42 and scored 60 Shin Jin Ho cost him 56 and scored 51. And Jesus Ferreira cost him 57 and scored 63. That's for a plus 19. But our champ at the minute is still MLS card guy with plus 39. Can you beat it, McBride? Who are the three players you're going to go you for? Pick it. So you can pick anybody, even if they don't have any current last 15. Doesn't. Well. They need it. They need a. They need a. Because to- mm. I've, I've, I've been quite clever here. I've got one who doesn't. But I've never thought of this. I don't know. What do you think's fair? It's just what they would cost to play on the cap modes on so rare data or on okay. so rare. Okay, that's a rule. Well, I've gone a bit gambly with the first one, so we'll see how that works out. Then. Okay, go for it. Who is it? First one's um, Von Invogo, Lorian goalie, back on the bench last weekend and he was injured, so I'm hoping he'll play the weekend. So has cost zero. So and I'm using cost zero. That you see, this is what, but this is what I'm kind of looking for. I think. Because what I want this to be and is that someone listens to this on a Friday morning and needs someone for a lineup and they go, do you know what? In Vogel, let me go pick him up. Do you know? Yeah, so I've, I've fired him in my cap to 40 rare and then I've just bashed in as many high um, averages as I can. If he doesn't play, then I've still got four high average guys. But if he does play and he, he gets like 40 or 50, then that's a huge hit, um, head start in the field. So I've 100%. gone him. Um, second one's Jao Pedro at the Fenerbahce Jao Pedro so his average 29 or 30 he came, he's been injured a lot um, been on the bench a lot he came on midweek and he scored two goals and they've got a really Fenerbahce have got a proper soft fixture they're playing like Istanbul Sport or something at home at the weekend so I'm just kind of backing him to get a start at the weekend so his um, last 15 averages like 30 or something so even like one decisive then you're going to beat yeah. that but I think he if he does start after scoring two goals midweek, he could be could be pretty good. Yeah, um, he's a cost of twenty nine there, which is he's not that expensive either, eh? So he's not really three. done that. He could be a wee pickup just for the crack, really. Have a stab yeah. at it, you know. Cost of twenty nine. Limited? Limited's like three quid. 
Yeah, definitely worth a go there. Louis, they've got a good fixture, and Fenerbahce rotate a lot, but he's literally come on and scored two goals to win them the game like last night. So yeah, yeah. and he's not—he's not even like he's that old. Well, he's thirty-one, isn't he? But yeah. yeah. Oh, before he moved to Fenerbahce, there was links with MLS as well, so he was always really good in Italy, and like he's not really hit it off Fenerbahce. But anyway, for three quid for a limited or whatever, then Aye. if you want fill out a, a cap for a low-value player, I think it's pretty good. So hundred percent, love that pick. And who's the last one? Liverpool Jota. Liverpool Jota. What's his yeah. that? He rotten. It's still really low, I think. So I don't know if it's updated, but when I looked at him, he was only thirty-ish. Because bear in mind, he's been injured, and then he came back, and he'd done like he come on as a sub, and he was get twenty-five or something. So Liverpool playing at home, Nottingham Forest. Obviously, I don't know where or not he's going to start. But like they've just bashed six goals in against Leeds. So even if he doesn't start, I think he's one of those guys who could come on and do a sixty-five or something from the bench, and it's quite a good yeah. home fixture against Nottingham Forest. So, so yeah, that, that's my three. And total cost is like sixty for the three of them. So I'm gambling a wee bit on the goalkeeper, but I think he was on the bench. I think um, you've got this in the bag. Looking at those <laughs> three picks, I look at that and go, yeah, this is the way this game should be played. Everyone else has been up. But we're going to end it. Actually, the last fifteen. I thought that's like going to be verging on cheating. But also, two of these guys are in my gallery as well. And Vogo and Joe Pedro, I'll be using um, at the weekend. Actually, I need to check if I put Joe Pedro in the two forty because I just remembered I've got his super rare. Actually, now do my fifty fifth revision of my teams with the Celtic headache this week. But um, <laughs> yeah, those those are good shouts. I think for fixtures and and for the cap. Good man. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. People can find you at McBride Ace on Twitter. And yes. anything else? Anywhere else they can find you or anywhere else you want them to go? Nah, just Twitter. I think that's where I spend most of my time. I think one of the questions is where do I spend more time, Twitter or Sora data? Probably Twitter. <laughs> 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 I Twitter. But um, I, I, I do kind of like being on Twitter, like following like, injury news and just the kind of social stuff of um, like, rewards day and all that sort of stuff or things happening. Like, yeah. Probably do spend too much time on Twitter, but if anybody wants a follow or if anybody needs any help, like I do try and reply to DMs and stuff as well. If, if somebody's struggling or somebody people send me a nice like messages and say, oh, can you give me an opinion on somebody or whatever, which is, is cool as well. So, yeah. Good, man. Well, everyone drop a like on your way out, subscribe. And if you're listening audio only, you can't see me now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to want to go and see YouTube and see what I just did um, subscribe leave a review <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later bye bye cheers